Uh, right, just do an audio test. How's your volume? Okay, one second. It's recording, just say anything. Okay. The rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane. Right, hello, and welcome back to the Grumpy Biker Show. Uh, after a short sabbatical, uh, episode three. How are we doing, Dad? How's your week been? Yeah, great, mate. Uh, B- busy doing nothing still. Loving retirement. Yeah, it's been good. No, I've been keeping quite busy, actually. Oh, good. Well, we've had a, a break. We needed it after two incredibly successful episodes, so we've had a short <laughs> break for a week. Uh, my week's been terrible. Um, if anybody out there is looking for recommendations, I do not recommend shellfish poisoning. I thought I was going to die on Monday, to be totally honest. Um, not pleasant. I know you've had a, a pretty bad experience with oysters. I can't even mention the word. No, I, I don't know if I'll be in a rush to eat seafood again. Um, we had a lovely week in Cornwall on holiday. Me and my uh, my lovely wife and our brothers, um, followed by the worst 72 hours of my life. So, bit of a bit of an emotional week. But you've been up to much? You've been busy at all? Any, any rides out? You've been out on the bike? You went out last week, didn't you? Yeah, went out last week, um, out towards Oxford, Banbury Way. Ended up coming back into Morton on the Marsh from the back end rather than the, the front end. Morton so. on the Marsh. Yeah, that sounds like uh, that sounds like the setting of a nineteen eighties crime drama. It's a it's a very pretty village Is in it? the Cotswolds, like yeah. Midsummer. Yeah, there just are not so many murders. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, old uh, Captain Slow, our leader, El Presidente, he took us, found us some new roads to go on. Um, absolute blinding dual carriageway, uh, that side of the Cotswolds. I couldn't tell you the, the name of the road, to be honest. I was paying too much attention to where I was going, but some of the... the uh, can, can you pay too much attention to where you're going on a bike? Possibly. Kind of the idea, isn't it? Yeah. Um, But there was some real fast-sweeping bits of dual carriageway, beautiful tarmac, and it was all sort of going uphill, meandering uphill. And then I did see, and Tom Tom will back me up, Tom was behind me. I saw a sign, uh, beware, 30 mile an hour corner, and I thought, yeah, and it was... (laughs) <laughs> so I'd ended up going in and completely short throttle, uh, didn't touch the brakes, um, managed to stay safe, let's say, but uh, a bit of a wake up that one. And we came over the top and sort of down the other side and it went into a single lane then. There must have been 40 or 50 bikers over the road and put my hand up to them, give them a little wave. And when we stopped in, in Morton, uh, Ding said... I've only just found this road. He said, them lads that were parked up, he said, that's all they ride every yeah. Sunday. They'll go up it, down it, up it, have a cup of tea, down it, up it. But it's a biblical piece of road, yeah. it's uh, you Basically, you've got nothing coming the other way. Dual carriageway, it was superb, it was. Is this going to be um, a bit mythical, though? Could you find your way back to it? Do you know, it could have been... It, it might be one of these. You'll never, ever find it again. <laughs> and did it actually exist? Well, you, you don't know? know the name of the road. No. We know it's roughly around Oxford and Banbury. Mm. We can find well, I'm it. I'm hoping one of our seven listeners... 44. Uh, 44. 44 now. Right, OK. Been approached for book deals, <laughs> your manner. 
good. But I really. have to bring you, though, that's the, the part. Well, yeah, I'm, part I'm the, the grumpy part of the grumpy biker, aren't I? So. Well, I've had some feedback, actually, and, and thank you to anybody who has listened and, and for the few that have apparently have enjoyed it, which is great. You know, we, we do this for a bit of fun. Oh, we got told off, don't forget. Oh, we have been told. We'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for those who have listened, yeah, thank you. It's, um, it's nice. I think a few people have enjoyed it. Um, bikers and non-bikers so yeah I'm really pleased it's nice to hear that just on a grumpy note Joe sorry to interrupt you there um, with regard to the Cotswolds which we would we ride over that way quite a bit and I've been doing for many years and I, I do sympathise with the, the small cafe owners and the tea shop owners you know they've they've had a bit of a kick in with this this Covid-19 but I'm not being funny um, ham and cheese toasty and a small glass of Diet Coke £10.40 come on, you're having a laugh guys what? yeah, I'm a bloody pensioner £10.40 10 for a toasty 40. and a Coke yeah, yeah. draft Coke or out of a can it's probably out of a bottle it was only a small <sighs> Diet Coke Yeah, £10.40 that's not great is it but it's the no. Cotswolds you know, it's uh Nice part of the world. You always pay a bit more, but God's sake, that's double that as in price. Well, yeah, okay. Um, well, I'm going to coax the grumpiness out of you in a bit. Okay. Um, but I, I like that. You know, you've got your local practice road. It used to be the Ashby Road. Me, yeah. nice stretch of road. Two things. Um, firstly, it was dug up. I think it was gas mains or something. So now, going out from Tamworth North, there's you, you know where there's like a strip of new tarmac in the middle of the road. And I always feel a bit uneasy where it's edged. And you can feel it. I can feel it on the bike where it's edged a little bit. Second complaint about the Ashby Road, and this is a complaint directly at... I don't know if we can... I don't really know the rules for podcasts, whether we can name them or not, but let's say it's probably the UK's biggest domestic car manufacturer, very prominent in the Midlands. Rhymes with KLR. (laughs) Um... Obviously, they've got the new site being built up at the island at the top end where Junction 10 of the M42 is. Now, I used to love coming off the treble four, coming around the island and going left onto the Ashby Road, that big, long, sweeping left. Well, that's now two bloody islands, so that's ruined that as well. So, you know, great, well done, fantastic for the UK economy and all that crap. It's ruined my local bike road. I'll be honest, Joe, these developers ruin a good ride. They ruin a good ride. Same as pedestrians, cyclists, dog walkers. Ruin a good bike ride. No no thought for bikers on a Sunday morning. Well, I thought, though, not to worry, because the Comberford Road's a nice sort of warm-up stretch. If we're heading north and towards the Peak District, that's Mm. a nice run. Or at least it was until it became bloody gravel chippings. We've been up and down there recently. Whole thing's like loose chippings. Which I thought, uh, last ride, um, came back through the Peak District, back down through the Commerford, I thought, the last little stretch before I get towards home. Yeah, loose chippings. I thought, yeah, it looks looks all right. Looks like it's they're not that loose anymore. You know, when you come under the bridge and you've got the tight right, yeah, they're loose still. A little bit of a back-end squirt on the Tuono. Um, bit loose. And also, Joe, if you are following somebody who's running SC2 courses, <laughs> they pick every yeah. little piece of gravel up and spit it back at you. I, um, I followed um, I followed somebody and a, a stone chip hit me on the inside of the thigh. Yeah. It was like a pellet gun. Um, but back to our listeners. I've been a giver and a receiver of the stone chippings. <laughs> so, yeah, it yeah, hurts. 
Um, back to the listeners, though. Yeah, we we do. Um, we have had a complaint, a formal complaint. Can we name him? We can name him. Yeah, absolutely. Chris Morris. Christopher Morris. Chris bloody Morris. Yeah. Um, yeah, we we've had a complaint that we talked about rugby on the last podcast. Yeah, it was uh, the impressed. last episode. I mean, it's the Lions. Yeah, he comes around every four years. Well, you know the other thing, Jerry. He's only four footy left, well, so he could never get in the school rugby team, could he? This is it. He's obviously, it, yeah. still bitter. Fifty odd years later, but you know, we're we're here for the audience. It's yeah. a podcast for the people, true, by the people for the people. So we'll uh, we'll heed Chris's warning and we'll we'll accept the criticism. Did you watch the Lions though last weekend and, and midweek? Yeah. Yeah, a bit disappointed. Well, last week was a bit farcical, I thought. Then, obviously, last night against South Africa A, which was nine of their World Cup winning team, team. Yeah. and uh, a World Cup winning prop that came off the bench and hooker. Yeah, tight game. But we will we'll digress away from yeah. the rugby. Sorry, um, sorry, Chris. Yeah, sorry, Chris. But uh, yeah, we'll be giving you an address out at the end of this podcast. Yeah, if, if anybody does want to write fans. to Chris, he's at. Uh, <laughs> He lives at um, 123, Miserable yeah. Road. <laughs> I hate rugby. Yeah. Answers to Chris angry. <laughs> angry Chris. <laughs> uh, but no, I'll tell you what though, mate. Sad day for me today. Very sad day for me. Yeah, the old Tuono's gone. The Tuono was gone, yeah. I've, I've bit the bullet. Your, decided... sec- your second road bike. Third road Third bike. Third road bike. Yeah. Um, my favourite to date. Yeah. Um, bit the bullet and it's gone. Um, I've just dropped it off at uh, our friends down at... AP Workshops in Faisley. Um, anyone out there who does have an Aprilia, you'll probably know of, of Griff and the team at AP. But it's um, it's gone to a good home. Uh, the guy that came to collect it, he's, he's part of the uh, Aprilia network, shall we say. So it's going to be well loved. He's bought it for his son. Um, very nice guy as well. Uh, he's got a couple of Tuono Racings in, in full carbon. So it's gone to a good home. But as you well know... Uh, Dad, we've come down to a bit of a debate and it's a toss-up between two bikes and I think the decision is made and I think we're going to go for the Ducati Street Fighter 848 I think well you are well yeah it's I am it's a short board to buy isn't it yeah but, um... oh, I'm talking we I mean we is the royal we yeah, it's me yeah. we're going to go for the oh, 848 I think I, I've got a, and I said it yesterday we went to look at that uh, GS, GSX-S yeah um, and which, is thought, the, which is the naked Jixxer K5, basically. Yes, yeah, the K5 lump, the legendary K5 engine, which anybody who's into the Jixxers will always talk misty-eyed about the, the, K, the K5 motor. It was a long-stroke motor, loads, bags of mid-range, all the new stuff. They've gone shorter and shorter on the stroke, shoved all the power up top. Uh, and I still think... that. K5 is one of the best engines I've ever uh, chucked a leg over. You Absolutely don't read a bad phenomenal. review about that look. Nah. But. Super reliable. Yeah, and, and I just. I, I love the colour of it. If you get Certain rules apply with bikes. If you're going to do Catty, it's going to be red. Mine's going to be yellow. Yeah, if you get a Suzuki, it's going to be blue. Kawasaki green. And I mean, who buys Hondas these days? But, um, <laughs> Yeah, there are certain rules, and it was blue. And I just thought it was beautiful. It looked the part. Very much, you know, read the... Um, did a bit of good old YouTubing when I got back home yesterday. And uh, MCN are pretty good guys to, to look at their road tests. They're, yeah, they're, they're pretty honest stuff, and, yeah. and upfront, you know. And 
And I said, yes, it's a snatchy throttle off the start. Um, and it hasn't got all the bells and whistles that some of the other stuff, the competitive got. But let's be honest, you know, you get your bike out of the garage in the morning, you're going to have a potter out on a Sunday, have a horse road. Oh, uh, I'll set me wheelie control and uh, I'll set me traction control to, to five. And you know, I've got all that stuff on me Aprilia and I don't even know how it works. I'll get on, ride it. Um, <laughs> You know, open the throttle, hang on, uh, and off you go. So, do do we really need all these rider aids? Um, I, I'm, I'm personal, I'm not so sure. Well, I always undenied about this, and the Tuono. I mean, I, I don't know, the, it's fairly infamous how unreliable Aprilia's quoted performance um, numbers actually stack up. The, the Gen 1 Tuono is probably good for about 115 brake. It makes rapid on the road. I barely use sixth okay. gear. When we did that Wales tour the other year, yeah, I, I borrowed that MT10, and I'll tell you, it was all I could do to hang on to you. You're at the front on the Tuono, probably 50 horsepower down. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I was having to really get my head down and, and stay focused to keep with you. So. Yeah, it's, I don't think you need any more on the road. And, and don't get me wrong... You know, if money's no object, I'd have a garage full of exotica. Oh. I know I've nearly said erotica then. <laughs> well, I've been a both. Well, well, two garages. You've got, to, you've got to have a woman with the boobs out sat on a tyre, haven't you, in yeah. your garage, if, if it's the uh, the old school mentality. But I think on the road, yeah, it's unneeded. And that, that's where Ono did everything on the road. The reason I want to change, I want something a little bit newer, a little bit shinier, um... You know, not not any. I'm not bothered about the tech and stuff, but just something a bit newer and a little bit lighter. You know, it's a big old lump. That's yeah, they, they've always been, and they're quite because they're um, a sixty degree V twin. Uh, I remember my old Gen One uh, Millie, and a couple of times I just stalled it, pull it off, and I was sort of turning left, and I put my left leg out, and it was all I could do to save the thing. They're very top heavy weighty. Yeah, very, yeah, very. But, Quite unusual. Uh, we went to Assen, didn't we, in 06? Um, there was me and our kid, both on uh, Millie's, and um, old uh, old Carl, bless him, on a, an R6. How was your back after oh, riding a Millie? Crucified me back, riding all the way down to Harwich, on the ferry over, and then it's another 130 mile up to Assen. Um, and we had to keep stopping, and I had to just lie at the side of the road, lying flat on my back. Every other bike I've ridden and owned throughout my biking career, nothing has come close to absolutely crippling me than that Millie. And I'm sure it was that yeah. up-top weight. Um, and it, I don't know, what, and perhaps the riding position as well, but, oh, dear. I, I, when I, I got back home, I was in bits, to be honest. Do you know what I think now? That the industry in general has got so right are these hyper nakeds. Mm. You know, I, I wouldn't like to probably quote what the first of this new breed was, but if you look now across across the patch of the major manufacturers, you've got you know the the Tuono, well all the iterations of the Tuono, things like the GSS uh, GSX S. You've obviously got the Yamaha MTs, the Honda CB. And then even some of the less mainstream things like the MV, um, Brutale is it? Uh, 
you know, you've got the Ducati Street Fighter and the Monster. Yeah. I think the, the days where you get off a sports bike and onto an upright and you lose 80 brake horsepower, they're gone, aren't they? Yeah. You know, you look <clears> at the numbers, <throat> some of these bikes are pumping out. So the, the 848 Street Fighter that I'm looking at, um, goes about 130, 132 brake, I think, and about 80, 70, 80 foot pound of torque. So, so capable. That's so powerful well, for the road. Yeah. It'll go fantastically well. It's 10 kilos lighter than the um, Aprilia. And again, like we've already spoken about with the Ducatis and your story with it, you know, I grew up with posters of, of 916s and the like on my bedroom wall. So I thought about it. Obviously, it comes with a bit more, I wouldn't say reliability issues. I think the newer Dukes have ironed some of those out. Needs a bit more love, a bit more maintenance, a bit more servicing. Obviously, it's belt-driven. Um, so it's got issues around belt services, etc. It's going to cost a bit more in maintenance and running costs than the GSXS would. You know, that inline four, dead reliable engine, it would probably tick along forever. But, you know, I'm pretty young-ish, you know, relatively speaking, present company and everything else. I don't think I'm at that point yet where the swaying factor is reliability. You know, if I can get a Ducati in the garage, gorgeous looking bike, bags of fun. Yeah, I, th I think I'm sold on it, to be honest. All I'll say to Joe is... So we've, we have got, uh, we are al fresco again today and we've got the dogs in the background. So yeah. if you do hear any interruptions, uh, that's all it is. Um, all I would say to you is, uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a bucket list stuff for me, actually owning a Ducati. Yeah. So... Uh, and that 1198 I had for oh, crikey seven or eight years I think you know yeah. um, and it is like going out with a supermodel uh, you get on it one day and it's temperamental it spits the dummy it doesn't want to do this doesn't want to do that and then another day uh, it's absolutely gorgeous stunning does everything ticks all the boxes uh, it, it is. It's definitely a love out relationship, Ducati ownership. But I'm not going to say don't do it. Uh, do it. And well, I'm interested on where you draw that comparison of dating a supermodel, Dad. Well, you know, temperamental, feisty. No, I mean, where, where's your experience? Being oh, supermodel of supermodels. I already did a book, to be honest. I know you, yeah. your claim to fame is that you once snogged Michaela Fogarty. Mm. I did, yeah, yeah. Foggy's S sorry, missus. sorry, Foggy, if you're listening. That was, that was in Holland. Was yeah. that in Holland as well? Yeah. Well, but I think I'm sold on it. I love she's, it. She's probably sitting in a boozer somewhere now, telling that story. I didn't write get his phone number, but God, bye. He was bloody tasty. Oh dear, I don't. I doubt any woman's ever referred to you as tasty. Oh. So, but anyway, yeah, that's the plan. Um, I think going to go and have a look at it Saturday. Um, also exciting Saturday, taking the Millie down to Dave Wood Racing. Yeah, getting it on DW the DWR motorcycles in Aylesbury. My old mate Woody. So we've had um, again friends at AP Workshops. It's had some tuning work. It's had um, the open collector mod on the exhaust, the open airbox mod, um, the race EEPROM. Um, so I'm going down to get the power commander mapped, um, get the race map loaded in, get the fuel dialed in. It'd be really interesting to see what it pulls off the dyno, to be honest. It it looked, from that first time we went uh, to Snet, to the second time after you'd had all the mods done, I, I was watching to the side of the track and uh, it was topping the forks out coming out of that bend. It definitely picked its skirt up. 
Yeah, it feels uh, good. It looked quite good. Yeah, I'm, quite I'm excited strong. to get it on the dyno. It's, um, quite, it's quite funny, Joe. Um, Aprilia, uh, you got to love them, haven't you? Only a, a small concern, really. Like, they're probably their annual turnover is half of Honda's R and D budget. You know, that's where they are. They're minnows, but they build these fantastic bikes. Um, but also, <laughs> the Millet Gen One, Gen Two, all all the way up to to the end of production. Every year it made another 10 horsepower. It's the same engine. It's the same bloody engine, yeah. I mean, it bomb-proof, and it's a Rotax motor, yeah. ironically. But the, I think Aprilia went from about 105 horsepower to about 145 year on year. But, but then, as uh, well... It was, it was no different. Then they released the R and the racing and the factory, mm. and basically they put some Olin suspension on and some different wheels, and it gains 15 horsepower. Same engine in every single one. The only one with a different engine, I think, is the Edwards. Yeah. Which is the Cosworth tuned engine. But oh, the Cosworth was a bespoke. Well, that was the yeah. race engine, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, championship. That, that thing flew very quick. But yeah, no, I'm looking forward <laughs> to that down on the dyno. And then, whilst um, you're going to stay there with the, the Millie on the dyno, and we're going to carry on down to uh, hopefully pick up the Ducati. Yeah, yeah. And ride it back up. Yeah. So, very exciting. Bit of progress in the garage as well. Not, oh, not, on my, not on my side. Massive the today. Il- illness has crippled me, so the cafe race has gone so nowhere. So I've been Billy Nomads in the garage this week. Um, I got me brother and uh, young Carl. Last they came up, we did the uh, the well-versed three-man lift, pulling the R1 engine back in. <laughs> the three-man um, lift's a very different thing. Yeah, than trust rug- me. Rugby clubs and the army. Yeah. <laughs> very, I hope you weren't doing that with your brother. No, no. <laughs> but we, we got the lump in. Um, and I, I, I buttoned everything up I dropped some oil in it and a minor minor leak I've missed one bloody um, Allen bolt out in the middle of the sump and it, it was a tiny tiny little leak found the bolt in question banged it in, talked it up so we're all tight uh, no leaks which is always nice um, and especially at your age yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, incontinent. <laughs> um, and then uh, I, I bought a brand new set of hoses. Um, I think they come from China. Uh, so a cooling and, system. Yeah, uh, hoses for the cooling system. I thought I'll put fresh hoses on. These are probably the original twenty-year-old hoses, and they were looking a bit squashed where the the, the jubilee clamped up. So I've gone to fit them and realised that they've missed a couple of hoses, so I've had to put the old ones back on, which they'll have to do for now. But, yeah, um, dropped some water in it. Um, lovely. So we're all tight and watertight, but still got no sparks. So, uh, good old Joe, he's rocked up today with his multimeter. Me. Me. Good old me. No, me, this me, this joke, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You said you talked about me in third person. Oh, then. sorry. I thought yeah. there was another joke. No, no, good old, that can only be one. <laughs> with his Correct. multimeter, yeah. And um, I got now, basically, run out of electricity. Uh, kept charming it up, no spark. So we chased some of the wiring back. There were a couple of dodgy connectors. Um, and then we put... 
put the plug caps back on in the correct order. Um, once we knew the servo was going for the X-Up uh, X servo, as soon as you turn the key on, zzz, zzz, you, you know you're in business then, and you can hear the fuel pump kick in. Yeah. Uh, turn the key, crack, crack, bit of choke, and off she went. So So we now have a running race R1. Oh, without, it was 150 at the back wheel um, with the sheets that came. It's now got a full Dawn jet kit, Stage 3 Dawn jet kit, and a K&M filter. I'm guessing, I'd, I'd like to think we're about 155, 156. It's going to be like a stab rat. It's uh, we've got rid of the quick shifter as well. Um, yeah, I, I don't like it on the bike that old. Well, I don't know. Twenty year old bike, shoving one of them on. I've been, I've already murdered one gearbox. Do you finally um, accept that was you and not me? No, it was you. You just said you. No, we collectively. Oh, it's we yeah. now. It's the collective <laughs> we. Oh no, that was you. That was definitely you. With your size twelve, bloody. Snowman feet. We, the, we are the same shoe size, but yeah. Yeah, Sasquatch, that's what I meant to say. Sasquatch. Sasquatch. I say snowmen you, don't have feet, do they? No, abominable snowman I was thinking of. But no, with your massive Sasquatch feet, you you wrecked that gearbox shoe. Did I? Okay. And it's 200 quid. <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, good take, to have it running. Always, always a good idea to take some advice on board and... Uh, a lot of people I've spoken to, some respectable people who have been around long enough to know what they're talking about, have said, maybe not the best idea. So the quick shift that is no more. And we're back to uh, standard um, old school gear change. So, But yeah, I can't wait. Uh, is it the end of this month you're going to Mallory? End of August, isn't it? I'm Is losing it? track now. I know, well, I'm a bit, I think yeah. 17th of August at Alton, end of August at Mallory. Um, and then we're going to I'm doing an, oh, I've booked Donington for oh, an right. evening session. Yeah. Well, can you take it? Yeah. Just, I'll come on that one. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember when. We've yeah. got four left booked yeah. in at the minute. okay. Doing Mallory twice, Alton on the 17th of August, yeah. and I'm doing an evening at Donington at some point. <laughs> But this is an interesting one because it's a quiet session, 98 dBs drive-by. More so than past that. I think you get a bit more if it's drive-by, if it's remote testing. But just interestingly on that, the, the only thing I've done in the garage over the last couple of weeks, I've changed the silencer on the Millie. I wanted to give a bit of a um, bit of kudos to these guys, to be fair. I, I came across it on eBay. You know, the, the Millie isn't the sort of bike that I'm going to keep throwing money at and, you know, can fit all these blingy, retrofitted aftermarket parts and all that. It is what it is. You know, it's analogue. It's dead solid. It's yeah. great to ride. It's quick enough. I don't want to go down the road of throwing, you know, quick shifters on it and all this crap. However, the, the rear silence has been blowing a bit. I've repacked it once. It's not great. It's a bit tatty. I thought if I can pick someone up relatively cheap, I'll stumbled across GR Moto. I don't know if you're familiar with them or not. Um, looked into them a bit. UK based, uh, based over in Dis, I think, which is East Anglia, maybe. It's on the way to Snet. Yeah, Dis, yeah. yeah. Um, so I thought I'd give it a go. Um, bought the silencer off them. It's carbon wrapped. 
Um, mate, so, so impressed. For the price, I think it was 119 quid, which is cheap, you know, for, for that type of bit of kit compared to an Acra or something. Really, really impressed, mate. Mm-hmm. Great build quality. It was really well packed when it came, and it sounds absolutely cracking on the Millie. Really raspy. I think I'm going to have to get the baffle as well. But it's fantastic. So I want to give a bit of a bit of credit to, to uh, GR Moto. Very, very impressive. Um, massively budget-friendly. Looks the part. It came with the hangar, all the fitments, the clamp. It works. So, yeah, very happy I, with that. Um, on that... Uh, It was oh fuel. I had my R one, and they're based up in Kendall, and I bought some um, N cans. Uh, real, I think four hundred quid. Yeah. Obviously, there's a two. You know, there's a pair. Beautifully made, um, and I like to support. You know, British industry, local industries. Apart from the factory at the end of the Ashby Road. Well, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> and three people. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I rung them up and yeah, the girls said, oh, it'd be uh, two weeks delivery. And they rocked up, I got them out, and I thought, that is a real quality, very well made. Ex engineer, you know, now retired, but I appreciate quality engineering. And you can see years of experience, you look at stuff and you think, that's nice, that's well made. Um, and I, I thought a lovely touch. I got it. Opened the box up. There's um, a bar of Kendall mint cake in it. <laughs> and, and I, I rang. I rang the girl up. I said, um, yeah, "Shall I take some photos?" She said, "We haven't had many O seven R ones. We've only just started doing cans for them." And she said, "If you could do some photos and send them, we could use them." So what, did you just send her a picture back of the Kendall mint cake? Yeah, <laughs> empty. Yeah, eaten. It was definitely, it wasn't like desiccant, was it? Were you really thirsty after you'd eaten it? Oh, it's, it's just a bar of sugar, isn't it? Yeah. No, I mean, it wasn't like desiccant silica gel. No, to no. To keep it dry. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. you were bob- thought, bloody parched after yeah, you'd oh, eaten that. Kendall mint cake's a bit desiccant. <laughs> but no, my mouth's dry. Yeah, I thought, what a lovely touch. Uh, and, you know, you don't see that much these days, do you? Well, this, uh, that, um, that sort of personal talk. I like that. The GR Moto one I did, I did one send came. them some pictures of. Well, they sent the, the GR Moto one came with like um, an adhesive tank protector, um, all the different decals. I think it came with a little bag of sweets, a little tube of um, exhaust sealant. Mm. Um, yeah, I tell you what, I love that. Yeah, well recommended GR Moto. I'm yet to ride the bike with it, but yeah, looks oh, brilliant. Nice. Big big shout out for GR Moto. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to the garage, um, we've got the peachiest little NC30. Oh, it's gorgeous. Come in. Um, not running too well. Um, sort of gives up the game. It's about 100 mile an hour. It's a Repsol one. Repsol Repsol. 70. 70 mile an hour. Oh, it's 70. Yeah. No, I mean 70. Oh, oh sorry. We yeah. Don't, we don't yeah, do over 70, do we? Well, that was on the door now, wasn't it? When oh, we did sorry, it on the track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolute little peach of a bike, uh, and they were um, Japanese market only. So back in the day, if you were a little Japanese guy 
as part of your passing your motorcycle test, you had to be able to lift it up off the floor on its side. Is that true? True story. Yeah. Um, and because Japan as a nation are very small, all the big manufacturers brought out the, oh, the NSR 250, the RGV, the K1S, and these little gorgeous little 400s. Um, because they could pick them up to pass the bike test. The problem, the other problem was they're all restricted to 45 horsepower. Yeah. Um, so we've now been tasked with uh, de-restricting this one. So you, you've had um, a little test ride on it today. Um, it's got some fueling issues, uh, definitely needs de-restricting but we we know where we are with that yeah. um it's it basically it's uh there's there's four choke rubbers on the inlet yeah that that restrict it and again a little bit of youtubing uh and a few phone calls um and we're thinking we could liberate nearly 60 horse out of this but it, it's a little gem of a bike. Oh, it's it's tiny uh, and just so well built. Single-sided swinging arm to the point where we might be approaching the owner who's 82. Yeah, John, well, it's yeah. Chris Morris's dad. Yes, yeah, Chris's dad. And, and the only difference... John, between... we, we take back everything we said about Chris. Yeah. Lovely guy. He's not miserable. <laughs> Smashing guy. But yeah. John, we should... We should um, give a bit of a mention to John, to be fair, because he's... Well, you could say he's got a lot to answer for, but he taught you to ride, didn't he? When I was 10 years old. When you were yeah. 10. And he still gets out. He's got a Hayabusa, amongst yeah. other things. He's yeah, still, I'll tell you what, well, he, I've been out with him a couple of times. He's bloody quick. Yeah. Very quick. Very good rider. Um, unbelievable, to be honest. I thought um, he was excellent, he, just to set the scene. and um, You know, John came. I'd never met John. Um, but obviously we, we met up for a group ride as you do and um, John turned up lovely lovely guy he came with Chris and he's on his um, he's on his Hayabusa which is a pretty big old bike and John's only a fairly slight guy and um, he turned up in in what looked like an original RAF flying suit um, like a set of brown padded leathers and like a brown leather flying jacket I'll tell you what, he was kitted up for it because he can bloody ride the thing. He's very, very quick for his age. I think that's what you probably get with 60 or 70 years of riding experience, I would imagine. And he's evidently got the patience of a saint, having taught you to ride as well. <laughs> but I like the little Honda's beautiful, though. It, it is a bit boggy under the throttle um, and obviously hitting a certain speed. At or below 70, it's, it feels restricted. So, yeah, we'll get that done. Um, it'll keep you busy as well, won't it? It's mm. good. So, I want to finish off with... Oh, um, no. Yeah. <laughs> I want to finish off with a controversial topic, slightly contentious issue, and there's every chance we may lose, some, uh, lose a bit of following based on your answers to this. But I want to come out with the, you know, the real question, Dad. Why do you hate Harley so much? Um, I think hate's a bit too strong. That's what you word. just before we started recording, you said you hate them. <laughs> um, I've ridden a few in years gone by, 
and they've oh you know and I'm not going to stand here and knock all eroders because the lads up the bull's head will beat me senseless they will big Brian big Big massive huge Brian yeah six foot six Brian erodes a Harley Um, the only way I'd beat him up is if I got stuck in his throat Um, (laughs) so no I'm I'm not going to bad mouth the the, the Harley crowd but it just doesn't work for me Uh, for me a motorcycle uh, should three criteria really it should go it should stop and it should go around corners so you've ridden Harleys yeah yeah I've ridden quite a few and they don't do any so while we borrowed um, a friend of ours and I went for a ride on it um, it's a fat boy, I think. May, may be wrong, no expert. And my brief review, um, it's definitely loud. Gets red hot. Um, the engine for a 1400cc or whatever it is, is weak at best. The brakes are terrifying. I found out afterwards that it's a bit of a known thing. You use front and rear brake. I'm used to the Aprilia rear brake, which is non-existent. Brakes are terrifying. The gearbox is entirely vague. Neutral. It doesn't really exist. It weighed a ton. But all that in mind, I went out for two or three hours with the biggest smile on my face. I I, I couldn't pin it. Is that Chris part? That was on Chris, Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it is, but it was just... I don't know, it's just really cool. I just really enjoyed it. It was it's just cool, there's something about it. I just I don't feel you 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 get that, do you? No, it's, I think it's bypassed me. Um I rode one I think probably I rode a couple of Dave's. Um he's he's eight eight three sporty. I think that made 40 horsepower on a good day. Um, and the brakes, like you say, I can't, the first time I actually used the brakes, uh, the only way I could describe it was I was holding two pieces of wood and ru- pushing them onto the disc brake to try and <laughs> slow it down. That was the sensation. Uh, the gearbox was something straight off a tractor. It was so <laughs> agricultural. Uh, and I just no, I I didn't enjoy it at all. Then we went to Florida for John and Kath's wedding in '03, and oh bless him, old Mal Smith, um, former landlord of the tavern in the town, uh, a wonderful hostelry. Uh, Mal wanted to um, hire a Harley, so John rang me up. He said, "Can you come out with with me and my dad to this place?" It's about 50 miles away. Can you ride the bike back with, with my dad on the back? So that was a 1340 fat boy, I think. Yeah, yeah. Jumped on it, uh, and it, it basically the, the throttle was a, a volume control. Yeah. I didn't realise um, they don't make throttles, oh, they make volume controls. And you just turn it and it goes louder, it doesn't go any quicker. So I got old Mal on the black, on the back, bless him, bloody pensioner. And um, we'd we'd worn all the running boards out and the bloody side stand and everything by the time we got back. The thing, like two degrees of lead, and it was sparking everywhere. So we got back to the estate we were on. Lovely, lovely place, all these villas. 
And I said to Mal, just stay on the estate, Mal. Don't get on the six-line bloody highways that we've just come back down. And he's, he's a Geordie lad, old Mal. You know, the, uh, classic lines, things you never forget. I said, look, Mal, I said, uh, we're going out for the day. You were always on this, are Just stay in the, in the, you know, on the estate that we're on. And he said, oh, we yeah, man, no problem. And I said, before I go, Mal, I said, what, what was the last boy you rode? He said, oh, bugger me. He said, uh, a tri- tiger cub in 1968. <laughs> and I said, oh, God. Anyway, we came back at the end of the day. A tiger cub? Ta- tri- was tiger like cub. 50cc thing or something? 200 it was. A 200. 200 single, yeah. Lovely little boy. 1968 we're now in 2003 so we got back from our day out at the theme park great experience and i pulled up i said to to lisa i said oh no look um the bloody the mirror's hanging off the footrest gone there's oil plip plopping out of it and uh he did some gravel and this is the the father of the groom all the wedding photos, he's got his hands behind his back, so he got gravel rash all the way down both right elbows. a T-shirt. Yeah, rode it with a T-shirt on. So always wear your gear, kids. Yeah. Wherever you're going, always get all your gear on. It might be uncomfy, it might be bloody hot, but I'll tell you what... You've only, you only yeah. got one set of uh, skin. Yeah, and he, um, he went down the road, put his elbows out, and so all of the wedding photos, got his hands behind his oh, back. Oh, no. Oh dear. So what then? So where are we at? Because I want one in the garage at some point. Where where are we at? You know, am I going to be written out of your will if I pitch up on your drive on a Harley? Um, I just want to get this recorded, so it's going to sway my decision quite considerably. Well, no, you, you, I mean you could, if you ring me up and say I'm, I'm buying a Harley, and I'll swing by, I'll you know I'll come round yours on it in a few days. Uh, you'll probably be speaking to a very strange family who've got no forwarding address. Um, and that's it, gone. Well. Wow. End of podcast. Well, yeah, let's yeah. on that bombshell. <laughs> we'll wrap it up then. Um, okay. All right, no, good. Nice one, mate. Good, uh, good chat. Um, any, uh, actually this every week, any final thoughts, any pearls of wisdom for the nation? Apart from always wear your leathers. Yes, and if you live out in Alaska, don't eat the yellow snow. Why did you have to add the Alaska bit? Is it so that's applicable anywhere with snow, isn't it? Well, no, Alaska does have quite a bit of a snowfall. All right, okay. Well, there you go. There's there's the grumpy, the original grumpy vikers, pearl of wisdom for the week. Thank you again for listening and and everybody that's uh, listened to the first two episodes. Um, I hope you're all enjoying it. Uh, We're going to keep it going. We're having a bit of fun with it. Um, As always, you can follow what we're doing and the various bikes in the garage on our Instagram, which is at AMJ Motorcycles. Until the next episode, yeah, keep it sunny side up. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I hope you're happy now, Christopher Morris, 57 Ethel Flinder Road. Tune in next week for the rugby special. (laughs) (laughs) Right, take it easy. Bye, bye.